0: We turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, and I want us to focus on verses 45 to 51. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verses 45 to 51, and I shall read it from the New King James Version. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them, now about the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by and when they saw him walking on the sea they supposed it was a ghost and cried out for they all saw him and were troubled but immediately he talked with them and said to them be of good cheer it is i do not be afraid Then he went up into the boat to them and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. Now this is a very well known passage of scripture to most of us. It's a simple story. It's a straightforward story and many of us have probably heard this story. For the first time in our Sunday schools or Friday schools and that's where it usually starts but this is not just about a lesson for little children there are lessons for us as adults in our present day that we can get from this particular passage of scripture remember that this passage of scripture comes immediately after one of the greatest miracles that Jesus did and that was feeding the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. So there was a great miracle that had taken place. Everyone was excited to see this happening. The disciples would have been more than exhilarated. And you know why? because if you read the previous verses you will see that Jesus blessed the bread and the fish but he did not go around distributing it he handed it over to his disciples and they were the ones who distributed it so the people would have received the bread and the fish from the disciples And the disciples would have looked big. The disciples would have felt important that with just five loaves of bread and two fish they, the disciples, were feeding 5,000 people besides the women and the children. That's the number we, we have from the scriptures. But our passage is not about that. Our passage is the passage which follows. And we know the passage. It's the passage where the disciples are made to get into a boat. The King James Version says, they were constrained to get into the boat. That means they didn't want to get into the boat. They wanted to be on that shore, probably basking in that praise and in the glory of men. But Jesus forced them into the boat and sent them out into the boat, sent them out into the sea. Now with that preamble, let's get into the actual uh, lessons from the story. I have titled this exhortation as God knows your storms. God knows your storms. And what are the lessons for us tonight from this passage of scripture? Number one, verse 47 and 47, 48a. Jesus sees you in your storm. That's lesson number one. Jesus sees you in your storm. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land. That's verse 47. And 48a states, Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. The disciples did not see Jesus at that point of time the disciples weren't even looking for jesus but it was jesus who saw them it was jesus who saw them straining at rowing the boat and the wind was against them a storm was brewing right around them but who's the person who saw this Who is the person who saw his disciples in difficulty? It was the Lord and Master Jesus Christ. So there are a couple of things for us to observe here. Jesus was not with the disciples. He was on the land. His disciples were in the middle of the sea. But the eyes of Jesus were totally focused on his disciples. He saw them. He recognized that they were straining. He recognized that they were in difficulty. And he was watching over them. That's the important point for us to recognize, that Jesus saw his disciples jesus saw the people he loved when they were in the middle of the storm today i don't know what storm surrounds you it might be the storm of covid 19. it might be the storm of a job loss it might be the storm of storm of some other financial difficulty it might be the storm of not knowing the future for your children. It might be the storm of not being able to see your loved ones in different places. It might be the storm that you have heard. You've got a report which is not very nice. It might be a health report. It might be a financial statement. It might be a uh, related to your job contract, whatever it is. You have a report right there which is creating a storm in your life. I don't know what it is. But whatever be that storm, the message I have for you is that Jesus sees you in your storm. Jesus sees you in your storm. His eyes are constantly on you. Can you think about it? You have a God whose eyes Are focused on you. You might not have focused on God. You might be trying to battle that storm. You might be doing everything that you possibly can to get over that stormy situation. But remember one thing, God's eyes are on you. Number two, lesson number two. Jesus comes to you even before you call him. Jesus comes to you even before you call him. Verse 48b, now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He came to them walking on the sea they had not called on him they were straining at rowing the boat they were just making sure that they don't capsize into that uh, uh, with the strong winds and the stormy waves they did not call on God but Jesus started walking to his disciples They were busy trying to battle the power of the storm. They were too busy to call on Jesus. But that did not stop Jesus from coming towards them. He came. He started walking towards them. He knew knew that they would need him. And he started walking towards them. So, Jesus comes to you even before you call him. In Isaiah chapter 65, verse 24, we read this It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer, and while they are still speaking, I will hear. You see, Jesus sees the anguish in your heart long before. You vocalize your pain. He sees it. And he responds. He responds. He comes to you. Today I don't know what battles you are straining against. All I can tell you is this. That Jesus is already walking towards you even though you are yet to call on him. He does not desire that you be strained, that you be drowned in your storm. Lesson number three. Don't let Jesus pass you by. Don't let Jesus pass you by. Verses 48C to 49, 48C. Now, about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. Look at the sequence, this is a passage, as I said, it's a passage we have read so many times, we know this one from childhood. You might have read it from the different other Gospels also. But look at the words that you have there. He walked towards them and would have passed them by. It is true that Jesus saw his disciples struggling in the storm. And it is true that he came towards them even before they had called upon him. That's true. That's a fact because it's recorded in scripture and we just read it in the previous verse. But there is something that the disciples had to do. Or else Jesus would simply have walked past them. they had to call out to him, whether they called out in fear because they saw a ghost or whether at some point they actually recognized him for who he was. They had to call out to him. Now put yourself in that boat in the middle of a sea. You know, the kind of sophisticated people that we are, we probably wouldn't be into these small boats. We would probably be in the Queen Elizabeth II uh, cruise ship. Okay, and imagine that you are in the middle of the Pacific Ocean or the Atlantic Ocean and you are standing out there on the at the bow of the ship watching the waters and suddenly you see somebody walking on the water and come. That person may be well known to you, it may be Jesus Christ himself, or it may be your spouse for all you know, but wouldn't you scream in fear? So is it any surprise that the disciples were uh, uh, scared, that they thought they saw a ghost? Not at all, but they still had to cry out to him they had to vocalize their inner thoughts. You see, that's a lesson for us. We are not to simply sit and say, Jesus knows my problems. He will come and solve my problems. And so I will sit back put the cushions around me and I will sit comfortably. No, that doesn't happen like that. Parents, don't you tell your brilliant children when the exam is coming, take your book and read. All the previous exams they would have got 100% or at least 99%. You know that they are brilliant, you know that they are class stoppers. But yet you say when the next exam comes, you say don't be overconfident, take your books and read. And before you go for the examination, pray to God. Don't we give this message to our children? Here also the disciples were in that position. They were in a storm. And they see somebody coming. Maybe one or two of them recognized him as Jesus but they were scared. Or maybe they didn't recognize him. But they cried out. I would assume there are 12 disciples in that boat, maybe one cried out, save us. Don't let Jesus pass you by. In Matthew chapter 7 verses 7 to 8, we have these absolutely very well known words of Jesus Christ. It's an important principle that he teaches us. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek." and you will find knock and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened it does not say jesus christ never said just think the thought in your brain And God being God will recognize your thought and he will come and solve your problem. You know, like uh, Aladdin and the magic lamp. You you rub the uh, magic lamp and God is not going to appear like a genie. You need to vocalize it. Ask. And it will be given to you. Jesus essentially said the same thing again in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus has come up to the door. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, you open the door and when a guest comes to your house, you don't open the door and stand silent. You open the door and then say, please come in. So you vocalize your thought. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. There are two English proverbs that express the same thing. And I'm sure you have heard this one. The crying baby gets the milk. Number one. The crying baby gets the milk number two the squeaky wheel gets the grease the squeaky wheel gets the grease in other words if you want something you must ask for it don't let Jesus walk past today do not let your pride your obstinacy your arrogance to let you down. Humble yourself and cry out to the Lord to save you from the storm that you are in. If you are in a storm, He will never let you down. And He will never pass by once you open your mouth and vocalize your problem. Number 4 Verse 50 Jesus calms your internal storm. Verse 50. For they all saw him and were troubled, but immediately he talked with them and said to them, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. The storm was there. He was walking on a stormy sea but Jesus did not address the storm. We know in other passages of scripture, in a couple of weeks back, uh, Brother Kenneth alluded to it in the Friday message. When Jesus said to the storm, Storm be still. Wind be still. And the, the sea became calm. But this time Jesus did not address the storm. He addressed the people because the people are more important to God than things around. That's an important lesson for us. I think a lot of us are learning that in COVID, during this COVID season. That people are more important than things. that's exactly what Jesus did. He first calmed their internal storm. He talked with them. He said to them, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. You see, as soon as the disciples cried, that's the way Jesus addressed them. He spoke into their hearts. He heard their hearts cry. Now, You need to recognize another situation here these disciples even if they were not sure of whether that person just outside their boat was actually Jesus or not would have been reassured to hear the words it is I you see because all of these disciples are people who have gone to the synagogue And in the synagogue, they read parchments of scripture. And at that point of time, it was the Old Testament. God described himself in Exodus. I am. Who are you? I am. I. And in Isaiah 41 verse 10, now, Isaiah, the, the reading of Isaiah was a very common practice in the synagogue in those days. Remember, Jesus Christ also, when he got up, he, he read from Isaiah. Okay, so Isaiah was, they, they used to call him Isaiahs. That was a pretty common scripture for them to, to, be, uh, to have heard. It is read out to them. So, in Isaiah 41 verse 10, God uses these words to reassure Israel. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And today, or rather, 2,000 years back, standing on the water, Jesus said the same words. It is I, do not be afraid. The disciples would have recognized that this is the voice of God because this is the word of God, it is I. I sometimes find that we also have that habit. You know, you make a phone call to somebody, these are covid days, so we don't go and knock on anybody's doors. we make a phone call to somebody and maybe that person doesn't have your phone number. So the person takes the phone and says hello and you say hello. And then the person says, who is this? And you say it is I. How is he supposed to know who is I? I mean, you have a name, isn't it? I've seen this when people come and knock on the door, they knock on the door, so you know in in, for security reasons, we call out from the other side of the door. Who is this? It is I. How am I supposed to know who that I is? Okay, am I to assume that that is God? Anyway, but the disciples were seeing the figure of Jesus right there and he said do not be afraid, it is I. And today, Jesus is saying the same words to you and to me. Do not be afraid, it is I. Believe me, no man can calm your internal storm. Only Jesus can and only Jesus will. Lesson number five. Jesus calms your external storms. Verse 51. Jesus calms your external storms. Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed in themselves, beyond measure, and marveled. after Jesus had addressed their inner fears, and that's what he did first, he then dealt with the problem outside. He then dealt with the raging wind, the boisterous waters of the storms. Look at the process. For us to not to be perturbed about the storm around us don't wait for the storm to disappear the storm can still be there let God minister faith into your heart because once you are calm on the inside God will then deal with the outside You know why i say this one do you know how much more difficult it is to deal with me as a person than to deal with a boisterous wind a raging wind a stormy sea earthquakes volcanoes whatever you know why i tell you this Look at creation and in the beginning was a void and then God created, he said let the sun be there, let the moon be there, let the earth be there, let the land be there, let the waters be there and it was there, everything was there and it was good and then he said okay, now the trees and the mountains and all of that, the rivers, it was good and then he said the animals and finally man in one week He created the complete earth, the universe, everything. It just took him one week to create the world and it was good, not messed up. It was good. That's what the Bible tells us, read Genesis chapter 1, but he is still working in me. i am not one week old i am 60 years old he is still working in me that means it is so much simpler for god to deal with the mountains and the rivers and the rocks and the soil and the universe but it is that much more difficult to deal with me and to deal with you but god In his way of thinking, he dealt with man first. Jesus addressed their inner fears first. He calmed them because this is nothing. Calming the storm is nothing for Jesus. Calming you is more important. Calming me is more important. In fact, if you continue reading, You will see that he did not even address the wind or the water. Jesus just entered the boat to be with his disciples and instantly the wind ceased and the water became calm and quiet. He did not even talk to the wind. Nature understands the power of the presence of Jesus. even the disciples were slow to understand this and remember just a few hours earlier they were part of one of the greatest miracles of transforming five loaves of bread and two fish to feed five thousand plus people All they could do at this point was they were amazed, and they started to marvel. Today, once again, I say to you, I don't know what storm surrounds you. COVID-19, some other illness, cancer, job loss, financial difficulty, future of your children, I don't know what's the storm that's troubling you but whatever be the storm the message I have for you is still the same Jesus sees you in your storm and in his presence your storms shall cease Jesus sees you in your storm and in his presence your storms shall cease Look to Jesus, don't look out for the storms, don't search out for evidence that the storm was there, let the storms come and let them go, they come to pass, they don't come to stay. Various places in the Bible we read, it came to pass, it didn't come to stay, so don't pull it, don't pull that storm and keep it with you like one uh, a close friend. It's come, it will go. Look to Jesus. Just continue to marvel in His presence and continue to feel His amazing love for you. Church, there is no storm that Jesus cannot calm, there is no wind that will not obey his command brothers and sisters today is the time to exercise our faith not our fear remember that faith and fear are like the two pans of a balance the more weight you put on one That side goes down and the other side becomes light the more you load the pan of fear faith becomes lighter but the more we load the pan of faith fears will rise will the pan of fear will will move up it will be light And it will not trouble us any longer because faith is heavy in our life. Church, it is time to exercise our faith, not our fear. I want to bring this exhortation to a close. But I want us to recall the five lessons of that storm on the Sea of Galilee about 2,000 years back. The lessons applied then, apply now. Number one, Jesus sees you in your storm. Number two, Jesus comes to you even before you call him. Number three, don't let Jesus pass you by. Number four, Jesus calms your internal storm. Number number five, that was number four. Number five, Jesus calms your external storms. These are the five lessons for us today. Church, it is time for us to pray, to exercise our faith, to banish our fear. But we are going to do something slightly different tonight. We are all going to spend some time in prayer but it will be in small groups each of you will go to a breakout room now this is randomly selected as i mentioned earlier for technical reasons we have had to put a number against your name don't worry about that number you are still who you say you are